Podcast. I'm your host, Trish The Dish, and today's guest is the other half of the E14 Podcast. We listened to uh, the other, the first half uh, with Jamie a couple weeks ago, um, and so now it's uh, it's the husband's turn to talk, and um, and kind of, oh man, listen, I, I love these two, um, and I'm going to put a link to Jamie's episode um, as well as a link to, uh, the E14 podcast. Um, but honestly, uh, such genuine humans. And I feel like this episode in particular really show sheds a light into how people from, um, different sides of political beliefs, um, beliefs on vaccinations and things can come together. And yeah, I had a drink with, uh, with Heath because I mean, why not? He's retired. He's drinking bourbon. I'm going to go ahead and have my vodka seltzer. Um, and, uh, I, I tell you what, having, having, um, a podcast where I can sit down and talk to people who are from different mindsets. Um, it really kind of, how do I want to say this? It really reminds me that we can all get along if we just spend enough time talking to each other instead of blasting out some kind of rude message online or discrediting someone because you see they're not wearing a mask. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, Heath and I talk about all kinds of stuff. We talk about, um, you know, him growing up in the South and uh, joining the military, uh, how he evolved his thinking about um, the military, um, while, you know, going through the ranks. And then of course, uh, his wonderful wife and his podcast. So, um, yeah, enjoy the show. Hi, Heath. Hey, Trish, the dish. How's it going today? It's going so great. Having talked to your wife and now I get to talk to you. I'm so excited to, Talk to the other half of the E14 podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy retired life. <laughs> it's tough. It's <laughs> in tough. In no. bourbons. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I, it's hard to keep my bourbon stock up now. Oh, but uh, yeah, I'm honored to be on your show, Trish. Thanks so much. And uh, just full disclosure, you're getting the B team now. The A team, you already had the A team. Oh. Now you're getting the B team. She is amazing. So listeners still listen, um, because we'll mention some of the A time, a team, just so you, you stay interested. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got to, yeah. hey, it's a good idea. <laughs> no, Heath, I'm so excited to have you on the, on the podcast because, um, we were talking a little bit, uh, backstage about uh, like some of the stuff that pisses you off. And honestly, after hearing you on the Scuttlebutt podcast, yes, this is the second time with these two that I'm talking about. <laughs> Obviously, happened to become um, my most listened to podcast um, per Spotify of 2021. So big shout out to the boys at Scuttlebutt Podcast. Love them. And um, you and Hermie sat down for yeah. a chat. And I, the minute I heard you were born in 1975, along with me, that's my year, I well, was like, that's I was actually brother. born in 76, but 76. I graduated. I graduated in 94 though. That's right. That's what it was. We I had heard. the same graduation time. Same graduation right. time because I yeah. should have been 76, but I was two weeks early kicking and screaming. Um, I, so I, I missed the new year's Eve mark. So oh, I waited, wow. I had to wait a year to go to school. So I ended yep. up going to school with you lot. So, um, man, I'm older than you. Wow. I Not feel, much though. I feel cool. No, I know when it comes to months, like that doesn't yeah, fucking count. That doesn't matter. That doesn't count at all. <laughs> but, um, but Hey, um, so we are so going to unpack some of the shit that pisses you off. Um, but first and foremost, do you identify yourself as a Gen Xer? Oh, definitely a hundred percent. And I I've listened to your, uh, your podcast. I've listened to probably three or four or five episodes I've really, since I retired, I don't listen to as, I don't listen to any podcast as much because I don't drive anywhere anymore. Right. That's when I listen to them is on the drive to where. So every time I drive somewhere, I listen to them. It's just not as much, but I heard you, you, you did this because it seems like the millennials are talking a lot about the, um, and, but nobody's talking about the X gen, you right. know, it's just like, we're the, and this is the way it's always been. We've always been the more silent generation. Always, always. And I always. think, and I never thought about that until you, until I listened to your episodes and you, you said something about that. Nobody talked. Next gen is just okay. You're like we're latchkey kids. Our parents worked. We stayed at home by ourselves. 
we usually watched our uh, millennial siblings. Yep. And we just did what we were told. Yeah. We were quiet and we rebelled yeah. a little bit in our teenage years, mm-hmm. but it was, but it, but we were still, I guess, I think we were pretty respectful as a generation as far as that goes. Yeah. hundred percent. And um, you know, the funny thing is, is that when I hear boomers and millennials battling it out all the time, or I hear how, Oh, only millennials are being talked about in the media about all oh, their, their student loan debt. Um, or, um, you know, the thing that really like kicked me into gear to, to, to start this podcast was, um, the fucking Karen shit. Yeah. And, um, man, I, I love, I love your podcast, by the way, I was Thank telling you so your much. wife that, um, as a civilian, I mean, my grandpa, I'll tell you this, um, yeah. my grandpa was in the Korean war, um, wow. in, in the Navy. So he's on wow. the ships cool. during that time. Um, and so I got a little spoiled when I lived with him in my teenage years, you know, got to go to the Marine base in 29 Palms and play golf and get golf lessons. And, That's cool. you know, um, he started uh, a lot of the VA hospitals in the Southwest, like, um, you know, just uh, so I have I have enough of an in to yeah, be yeah, yeah, interested yeah. in what y'all talk about. Right. Um, but you guys make it so accessible to civilians that. Um, I'm going to do the same fangirling I did with your wife. And that is my God, you are such beautiful humans. You're so compassionate and caring, but I love that you piss Karen's off. And the thing that, so I'm going to circle, I'm going to tie it all together. But the reason I started this is because I was like, um, we're not all fucking Karen's like a lot of us Xers, middle-aged people, are super self-aware, uh, super um, pro-human, uh, right? Yeah, Being right. Uh, whatever race, uh, gender identity, whatever it is, right. I feel like we've always been like, yeah, fucking boy George. That's a that's a guy that we're yeah, impressive. I love him. I love him. Um, and oh, you, you're gay and you want to be in the military. That's cool. Whatever. Like it doesn't fucking matter. Um, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but somehow you've, you've, uh, you've tickled the itch of this this (laughs) little part of our generation that is a bunch of Karens. But when you think of Karens, are you thinking of a middle-aged housewife in suburbia what's your what do you think no most of the karens i've dealt with were like more millennial older millennials so on that cusp like jamie's age right so like zennials Uh, zennials yeah so not not millennial per se they're out there i know they are there's 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 they're out there but it seems like i'm older than most of them and i'm a young i'm actually kind of young for a x-gen technically we're kind of on that zennial cusp cusp yeah right and and it's not that I, I don't care. I remember what, I remember when uh, the don't ask, don't tell policy came in, came, we got, got kicked out. Right. So, you know, you can come in openly gay. I didn't, right. I didn't care. You paying me. That's all I care about. I remember I knew there's a guy that might've been gay. We didn't know. I didn't give a shit. I just didn't care. Cause I'm not gay. He knows I'm not gay. I'm not worried. Right. And like, what's he going to do? Right. Rape, you know, you, right. you know, you're you comfortable know? enough in your own sexual identity and right. that it doesn't sacrifice your comfort to be around didn't, someone that's gay. Didn't care. Never cared. It just, it's none of my business. Right. So I remember me did an episode with, uh, uh, Jameson Guerrero, who's a E6 in the Navy, who's a openly transgender sailor service member. And at first I had no hang up about doing it with him. I, I ain't gonna lie. I did. And then Jamie told not because I'm against his views. I'm not. Uh, Jamie said, well, you're the sailors. We're the sailors voice. He's a sailor. So you, you know, you're right. Let's do it. And I had a great conversation with him. The only thing that I had to hang up on was uh, taxpayers paying for the operation. That was it. That, that if he wants to, if he wants to be trans transgender, that's, that is his business, not mine. So, you know, I don't, I don't have to deal with it. He has to deal with the changes, you know? So whatever he wants to do is good. That's the way I, felt about everything that was my only hang-up and you know what why do i care i'm not making decisions to uh to allow taxpayers to pay for that operation so why do i care so i just i let go of it it wasn't a big it wasn't a big enough issue for me to care about that much so and, and was that something that like got the karens all worked up in a in a friend no karens is mainly the ones like okay like i'm walking on the i'm walking back when covid and it's big when it was a huge thing, I'm walking on the sidewalks without a mask on, I'm outside and they get pissed off. 
I'm like, well, you got a mask on. Don't, if, hey, you coming up to me without a mask on is, is really affecting you more than me. So won't you walk away? Or before masks were mandated, because I was stuck with a mask for longer than most civilians. The Navy was locked down. I couldn't even take my wife out to eat well after COVID was already kind of like settled down a little bit and people, restaurants were opened up. I was still locked down. And, and uh, so they, they, I'm like, you coming up to me with your mask on. I don't have a mask on, which I was only outside. I was, I was told in the Navy to wear a mask. I always did. I listened to my superiors, but that used to piss me off. Are, are the ones that, uh, are you vaccinated? I'm like, no, nah, I didn't get vaccinated yet. It's not mandatory for us. And they're like, I'm the devil. I'm like, I ain't saying, I ain't saying you're wrong for getting vaccinated. That's your choice. I mean, but I, I told one of them, if I had the, if it was the flu shot, I didn't get you, we wouldn't have this conversation. That that's more or less the ones that, that look down on me because I don't do exactly as they do. Do you understand what I'm saying? I definitely do. And, and that was another reason I was excited to have yeah. you on the, on the show, because, um, you know, they're, um, having people with different viewpoints is really yeah. essential to, um, making peace in the world. I feel like to, to right. hear, to hear your thoughts and concerns. And I'll be honest, I, um, I have a really good friend who is, anti-vax. Um, yeah. as a matter of fact, she couldn't go to a concert with me last night because she wasn't vaccinated and didn't get her test results in yeah, on time. Right. And, um, I'm vaccinated and boosted. I'm, yeah. you know, I don't give a fuck if it means that I don't have to spend Christmas alone. Cause my aunt has a propensity to pneumonia, um, oh, yeah. which is why I had to, to do that last year, uh, be alone. Um, then I'm going to do it. Like that was the first thing that I did, um, when I got vaccinated and they got vaccinated, I was like, let's hang out. Let They came yeah. to Arizona. We did a great trip together. Awesome. And, um, but I totally understand. Like she, she said that everyone in her family got COVID, even her 90 something year old par- uh, parents Holy cow. Holy cow. and everyone made it through. And so, I made it through. and yeah. And so, uh, and a lot of people did. And, um, you know, the knee jerk reaction is to battle y'all and be like, you know, you're fucking da la la. But, yeah. you know, you have to check yourself because this is America. It is a free land. And <laughs> um, we all are responsible for our own decision making. And at the end of the day, um, me being pissed off or angry about a choice that you're making, um, it it doesn't change anything. It's not going to change your mind. Um, and it's not going to put any sort of goodness in the world. So like, right. why fucking fight about it? So I don't even, I don't even, I didn't even I, give her a hard time last night. I was like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Oh, well. But, but the thing, Trish, if somebody, if that same person was sitting down with me and said, hey, can we talk about it? That'd be a whole different conversation. Instead of getting, hey, big fuck off, you would get, yeah, let's talk. Right. You, want, you want a beer, you know, yeah. let's talk. Which you I know, love about podcasts, because that's what yeah. I got here. You and her oh, great. Too, is, great. is talk about why you, uh, why you, why you don't feel like getting vaccinated. So here, here's your opportunity to tell the listeners. Um, now that you're, <laughs> you got two reasons, two reasons. Oh, I love it. Let's hear it. Okay. I did 26 years in the Navy. That's a long freak. That's a lifetime, right? That's I mean, a fucking lifetime. Yeah. There's people that are in the Navy now that were not born yet when I joined. Right. You know what I mean? There was people in the Navy now that went around during September 11th. Yeah, exactly. Weren't even born during September 11th, or if they were, they were very, they were very young, you know? So that's a long time to be told what to do, when to do, how to do it. And it's not that bad, but I've taken a lot of vaccines. I've taken anthrax. I've taken small, I've taken a lot of stuff that probably a lot worse than the COVID vaccine, to be honest with you. But I was at that point, they wanted us done by October 1st. I'm retiring October 31st. So I just, I'm tired of being told what to do and when to do it. I'm at that that, that finish line. I mean, 30 days in the military, that's, that's way past it. That's almost at the finish line because you can take terminal leave and mm-hmm. take all this time off before you, because really I was at, I was eight days from never coming to work again. At this point. <laughs> and uh, they were like, yeah, they need you done by October 1st. So I said, well, I had a stroke. I actually had a stroke back in February 1st of 2020. I mean, I, I, it happened out of nowhere. I was fit. I was 6'1", 190, 195 pounds at the time. I was working out every day. I was super fit. And it came out of nowhere. I thought I had a pinched nerve until they came in the hospital and told me I had a stroke. Wow. So, which those vaccines are caused, are, are, there has been studies that they do could cause strokes, you know, or, and if I've, I've already had, uh, you know, pre-existing conditions I didn't know about, I was scared. And, and if there was any reason I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't want to do it right now until I got more information. 
it's not now, if I would, if I would stayed in another four years, I would raise my sleeve and been like, Hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But I was at that finish line and there was no gain for me. And I would say there's no money in it for me, basically, because right. whether I take that shot, I'm retired. And so the stroke combined with me at the finish line made me make, I, so I did a waiver. I did a medical waiver and the big wigs, not my command, but the command above my command was like, yeah, you're close to retire. I don't want to fight you on this. Just wait, just retire. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Wow. How did that I actually, feel? I, I t- good. I, t- I typed <laughs> up, well, good in a way. I'd rather them look at it and either, either say no, but by that time I'd have been out and they couldn't touch me. But if they would said yes, then I was any, any, any uh, civilian COVID requirement would have been waived too, probably because mm-hmm. it was a medical doctor saying that I cannot get the vaccine due to health reasons. Wow. But I didn't get that. So I still, I'm still fall under the, like New Orleans, you talking about a concert. I couldn't go to a concert uh, a month or two ago to go counting crows in, uh, in New Orleans because they required either a COVID test or a vaccine card. Because mm. New Orleans is, is, is the same thing like you're dealing with probably in Phoenix uh, that, that you either got to have one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Man, you miss counting crows. I fucking love it. But I got to see ZZ Top. I got to see ZZ Top though. Hey, yeah. So, that's what yeah, Jamie said. Cool. Yeah. So Z- Biloxi, Mississippi, they don't have that. Rule just New Orleans, Louisiana. They don't. They don't care. <laughs> Land of the free, home of the brave. I guess I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was funny though, because um, I'm boosted and I walked into that show by myself, which I've gone to a lot of shows by myself. Doesn't really bother yeah. me. Um, but um, you know, and I'd see a couple people wearing masks. For the most part, nobody was. But I had mine in my shirt pocket just in case. You know, like I do. I do like wearing a mask in bathrooms. I feel like. People yeah. do some nasty shit in there. And uh, that's a good idea to do before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like people are just hacking their brains out in their oh, stalls. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, they're not covering their mouth because no one's no. in there. And I'm just right. like, you know what we do know about, you know, uh, viral contamination and airborne, you know, even if it's the flu, I don't want to fucking get sick. Like I just hate being sick. And so, um, but you know, once people started coming in, to see, you know, the, the headliner, um, Courtney Barnett, if anyone's interested, oh, no, um, nice. yeah, love. Oh my God. She was just as good live as she is on any album. Like she shreds guitar so well. Anyway, yeah. I could go off on that, but, um, slowly, but surely I started feeling, and, and this jackal behind me was just coughing his brains out without a mask oh, on. Fuck. And I was like, you know, I think it's time to wear the mask. And then, you know, I just felt a lot more comfortable, even though, fully vaccinated, boosted, um, you know, but I also, I work uh, on a university campus. I deal with hundreds of youngsters and um, I run a couple call centers as a part of the million things I do with my job. Right. And, um, you know, I, it's, it was free. Everyone was kind of like, not, not told to, but kind of voluntold like, Hey, yeah, I gotcha. come yeah. volunteer and get your shot. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. And so, (laughs) um, but, uh, but I totally understand. I mean, if I wasn't in that, in that situation, I don't know what I would think because I'll be really honest with you. Um, when I, I didn't have medical insurance forever, um, until I started teaching. And then when I started teaching, um, got exposed to like everyone's grossness, you know, you get so sick. And so I went and got a flu shot. And now granted, a lot of people listening might say, well, you might've already been exposed, but Keith, I had never been so sick in my whole fucking life. I had to take off work for days. I could barely put peanuts down. Like it was, and I was like, the fuck am I taking this flu shot for? Like I'm fuck this shit. I was sick. I I wasn't sick before the damn flu shot. (laughs) A hundred percent. And so for years I didn't take a flu shot. And, um, and I also, um, I understood that with microorganisms, they have a propensity toward, um, just like viruses, they mm-hmm. build up a, an immunity. Oh yeah. So I'd see oh, people yeah. with their fucking, um, you know, hand sanitizer. And I thought they were idiots. Um, because I'm like, you realize that you're, you're just strengthening, you know, you, it's not working, but right. when COVID happened, it was kind of like, well, shit, well, I'm, I'm what do you do? Might as well try this stuff, you know, um, what are you going to do exactly? Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I respect, I respect the the difference of opinion. Right. I'm the same way. I mean, I'd ever, if somebody wants to wear a mask, if they're happy wearing that mask and they're comfortable, wear the damn mask. Yeah. You know, whatever makes you personal who, I mean, I'm not a doctor, 
I mean, right. I don't know shit. I'm a redneck from Central Louisiana. Join the Navy. <laughs> so what the hell do I know? So it's I, I, a lot of people say masks don't work, but I know if I sneeze into a mask, when I'm wearing a mask, it doesn't go as far. Right. Is if I didn't have one, I know that much, but I don't know the science behind it. I'm not a doc in the Navy. I was an electronics technician. I don't know, but yeah. I like what you, I like what you said when you said you always carry one in your pocket, a mask, just because it makes you feel comfortable. And that's what you should do. Yeah. Whatever makes us feel comfortable. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny because um, humans are fucking gross. They are. I mean, some dogs. Let's be honest. Yeah, Yeah. they're 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 pretty gross. Um, So it's like, well, like I said, like, I don't know that I'll ever stop wearing a mask in bathrooms now. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good way to live, Um, you know, and I don't really like shaking people's hands. I know, I know people personally that don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom because they're like, I'm touching the door and my dick. What the fuck? And I'm like, the door, I'm more worried about the damn door. What about your dick? Yeah. I'm worried about that too, but the door, because it's like, no, I mean, you're touching the door and then your dick. I mean, I get fucking grossed out about that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, then like, then think of the people, all the people before you that didn't wash their hands and touch that doorknob. It could have been thousands. A hundred. When's the last time that that rest stop decided to clean that door up? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm a germaphobe like that. Like Are I won't even. I'll, I'll wash my hands, and I'll use my shirt or something to open the doorknob or a napkin or right. a towel. Same. I don't. I don't Same. use my bare hands. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't. I don't touch the flusher on the toilet. Oh I use yeah. my foot. I use my foot. You know, someone wiped their ass and then flushed. Yeah, because if, if I can't reach it <laughs> with my foot, if it's one of those highest urinals, I just don't get flushed. I guess because. <laughs> I ain't touching that damn thing. When I'm at a rest stop, I definitely do the foot, the foot flush, you know? <laughs> right, right. All um, the time. Yeah. Not at my house, but at the restroom. <laughs> the restroom, yes. No, it's um, weird at the house. Right. But Heath, um, so you talked about growing up in the South, like you, you, you call yourself a redneck. Um, what, uh, what was that like in the eighties? Because I feel like, um, the world is so different today, right? Like today, yeah. Um, everyone is kind of on the same page all the time, always do the internet, but we grew up in a time where, um, we didn't really have the internet and, and like I've, t- I've talked on previous episodes, if it wasn't on MTV, we pretty much didn't know about it. So right. what was that like? So just to paint a picture for you, Trish, I grew up in like Mayberry of central Louisiana. It was 1500 people. I graduated with 30 people, super small. Right. And, um, I just remember seeing stuff on like watching movies and people were wearing certain clothes. We wouldn't, we wouldn't see those clothes until like a year later. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I remember, but I remember loving everybody knew everybody. Like that was like that racial divide didn't happen because we knew everybody and it was awesome. I didn't really know true racism until I probably grew up and went to the Midwest or the North and saw it. I heard it more than I ever did in the South and people, the South has a bad name, but it wasn't like it was pushed in my face. My, my dad didn't give a shit who I, who I played with as a you know a little kid. That was never a thing because uh, we knew everybody. We knew everybody was good people who weren't good people. We didn't play with the, you know, right. come from bad people, right? But if they were good people, we knew it. We knew it because they all knew my dad. My dad lived there and his whole family's, my whole family was actually my, the Brits, my last name actually founded that town. One of the founding members of my hometown. Wow. So we knew everybody and it was just, it was slow probably too slow for me now. Honestly, I love my hometown, but I'm, I've been in the Navy so long and everything's fast paced, fast paced. And I don't know if I can go that. I think if I went back to that, I would probably die within five years after retirement. <laughs> my heart wouldn't know what to do, but I love growing up there. It was a great place. It was safe. Uh, we, we would, uh, just ride our bikes until streetlights came on. Oh yeah. Come I home. think we all did no matter yeah. how safe it was right. to do so. And I can't see myself doing that now, but I don't think kids now maybe not might, might not have the same common sense we did. Yeah, maybe. actually, it's funny that you should say that because I've talked about that with a few guests and and actually um, with your wife as well, um, Jamie. And, and um, you know, it's interesting because I, I wonder if there's a correlation between the lack of independent play and the, be, and the ability to problem solve and the ability to have the wherewithal to make good decisions because 
you know, when you're a kid and you're, you're all fighting over who's going to be the pitcher or who's going to be Han Solo or whatever it is, who's going to be the cowboy and the Indian or whatever it is, you you figure it out. Like you, you know, maybe some punches are thrown, who knows? Um, or that's not that big of a deal, but you, you suck it up, you get over it and you get along because you realize that this is like, you know, your friends are everything when you're a kid, especially at least in the era that we grew up. Because your parents usually didn't give a fuck where you were, what you were doing, definitely weren't hanging out with you all the time like parents are today. How can you do that? And but like, I feel like there's got to be a correlation because parents are constantly taking their children from activity and and structured activity to activity rather than like, all right, we'll see it when the lights come on, which may be 10 p.m. in some parts of the country. Right. You up in Washington State in the summertime, uh, I'm stationed up there. It never gets dark in that some bitch. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I remember being in Portland at 10 o'clock at night and in or even in Port Townsend, Washington and being like, it's still dusk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Italy, Italy was the same way. I remember we're having a function like a military function for our division department or whatever. And I mean, we're out there drinking beer, barbecuing. And I look at my watch, it was 930, but it was still bright as hell outside. I mean, it looked like it was maybe six o'clock at night in the summertime in the States. That's crazy. It's nuts. Now we're here in the South in Louisiana, Southeast Louisiana, near New Orleans. And it's, I mean, right now at 330 hour, it'd be dark, maybe hour and a half. So nuts. close to the equator. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what in the world got you into the military then if you're you're from Mayberry, <laughs> USA? Yeah. And for That's our crazy. younger listeners, that is a, a black and white TV show from <laughs> the 1950s uh, in which uh, people were portrayed as sort of simple minded, but kind um, yeah. with not a right. lot of, you know, violence or crazy stuff going on. Um, yeah. What made you decide that, like, was it to see the world? Like what was no. it? I had very selfish reasons for joining the military and uh, to, to your, to your audience, you never reenlist for the same reasons you initially joined just so that people know never do. But anyway, um, I joined because I, I was married at the time. Uh, wife was pregnant, needed some health insurance. I joined Literally the, for the health same insurance. reason that Jamie joined. Yes. Damn, damn near the same reason. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I joined for health insurance. Now I, and then my first enlistment, September 11th happened. I got really pissed off at freaking people from that part of the country. And I stayed in to help see it, see the, see the war through. Cause we had started the war on terror in, uh, oh, it, it, we had started to 03, but it happened before I came up on my, uh, first six years. I was an E5. I was 25 at E5 when, uh, 9-11 happened. So I was in my first enlistment Then I, I joined, I reenlisted for that. And then you reenlist because love a country support your family or whatever reason is after that. Wow. So, um, you know, I was, I was in New York during nine 11. I know I heard that on your episode. Yeah. 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 So, um, then I moved to Springfield, Illinois and joined like a, you know, an indie punk band where all of our songs were against the war and, you know, we, we hated, and, and me personally, I hated the idea of just jumping into, um, into war. And, you know, I didn't feel like that was un-American at all. I felt like it was pro-human instead, but it's interesting because, um, the mind frame that I was at at 25, um, which was, you know, anti-capitalism, um, you know, I had a shaved head for a lot, a lot of years. Um, (laughs) I, um, ran off to Europe a couple times to get the fuck away from the consumer attitude of the United States. Um, do you think that um, like your your view of the United States and and in in your country, do you still feel the same sort of love of country? Um, and in terms of of like we can do no wrong, or at least we want to support the ideals of this country. I mean, or, or has that kind of evolved over time as you've sort of been a part of some of these? gnarly wars and things well it's weird i just i i mean you think 20 years ago i was in love with my country in love right i was uh because you look i in my opinion right this is maybe freaking ignorant of me or maybe a little bit uh juvenile but i think that no country has done the best for the human race than america to the advancement of the human race i think that's jaded now uh i don't care like you heard me you might have heard this on the uh podcast with uh hermes 
he always gets the devil out of me. I don't know how he does that, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's good. He's good people. Yeah, but he does. Cause we, we, he knows me. He's met me. I just don't know who the hell he is. <laughs> and cause you know, he's Navy too. So he said he shook my hand at a, at a ceremony or something. I like heard that. that when he was on with Khaleesi, his wife, Yeah, <laughs> you were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he got me to say it. I think I, I don't like Democrats, but I think I don't like Republicans. Same, I think, same. Being punk rock means you don't fucking drink the Kool-Aid. Anarchy. Rawr, yeah, rage. I was a huge anarchist. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And, but I'm not, I'm over, I guess I'm more of a libertarian. Like, hey, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And we'll do our thing. Right. I, but I'm not so much of a libertarian where I don't think there should be cops. I think you got to have some law in the land or to be like the old West. We don't want that. We don't want people dying at noon on the freaking main street of dirt. Uh, right. But I, I think everybody's just out for themselves. I think the last real American president we had that cared about the American people was probably Her- uh, uh, Truman. He actually lost money in, as president. He actually came, left and went back to farming. He never made a dime. And he said that. It was a quote. If you make money as a government worker, you're dirty. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. That's not what, right. what he said, but he had something in that line. Parents, so, don't get upset and fucking throw out a you know Google link. Yeah. To the, the right not, that, not that I don't. Not I mean, I still vote. You know, I think like I'm like, oh, I'm not voting. I, I vote. I vote. I vote usually conservative. That's usually how I vote. Uh, but I, it's always like in the back of my mind. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm worried. You know, are they really worried about me or they got their own agenda? Yeah, it's it's tough because you also think like, well, if I vote for the other side, you know, I, I voted for Obama. I, had, I didn't vote for a long. No, actually, I yeah, I didn't. I didn't vote. Obviously, the sec. Well, I guess I did vote a lot. Um, try to get Carrie in um, to oh, yeah. take over for Bush. And w, um, yeah. I voted Ralph Nader when Bush uh, was running the first time. And, and Nader been all right of, if he didn't go if he didn't go nuts. Nader well, like, I, I, I worked my heart off to, like, you know, get the Green Party as an option on the right. on a ballot. Um, and just to have a fucking other option like that's he really resonated with me in that. A lot, and, he resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, just because it's yeah. like, yeah, why why should we have, you know, but I didn't vote for Obama the second time because of the um, droid attacks. And a lot yeah. of people don't know about that. A lot of yeah, people and- don't know that um, innocent people were 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 gunned down by these drone strikes. And it kind of it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Now, granted, um, I skipped out on on Hillary, too. Yeah. And um, because I didn't believe that I, I should vote for someone strictly on their genitalia, um, because I remember how she used to battle Obama in the um, in the president candidate, you know, uh, face offs mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought she was a, an, a twat, to be really honest. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm going to offend was, some of my no, listeners, she, but I, I didn't like the way she pandered like to the uh, minorities, like to the black folk and all that. I didn't like the way she pandered to them. She don't know about putting hot sauce on no freaking chicken. She don't know nothing about that shit. The, the fakeness of fake, yeah. trying to, um, you know, get yeah. votes is just so disgusting to me. Like, I, you know, everyone she, thought it was cool when Bill Clinton played, played saxophone. the saxophone. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course I do. He was on Arsenio <laughs> yeah. Hall yeah. doing that yeah. shit. And yeah. it was like our first black president. And I was like, oh my God, can we say a cultural appropriation? Like, right, just right. You put fucking hot sauce on your fucking wings doesn't mean that you're, <sighs> you're fucking black. African American. Right. 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 Exactly. 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 No, I, I feel you. I just, the fakeness kills me. And they're all fake in one way or another. Uh, I guess that's like, I, I did something to piss off the Republicans in Louisiana. I changed my vote, my voter from Republican to independent. Oh yeah, I think I heard that, about that in one of your yeah, episodes. That freaking got their goat because I'm like because I don't trust y'all. I don't I don't trust it because Louisiana, yeah, we were uh, it's a it's a red state, but it, for for a long time it was a blue state. When Clinton ran, it was blue as hell. Then they had a couple bad Republican uh, governors, at least one that screwed the state up. So it kind of like hey, you know, but I don't know. I think that it's it's still a red state except for New Orleans. New Orleans are pretty blue. All big cities are, you know, uh, New Orleans are pretty blue. Uh, but I just. I don't, I don't, I don't have trust issues, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I've always been that way, but I think no. that's part of our generation. Yeah. I think yeah. that I mean, we were, we were raised to scrutinize and right. not drink the Kool-Aid and you being on one side as libertarian and me on the other side as anarchy. I think, I think at the end of the day, um, cause you know, anarchists believe that, you know, for instance, if you're at a dinner party, clean your own fucking dish. 
and then it's not more work for the host. You know, like you do your right. part. That's you right, though. Shit. Everybody do yeah. your own part. And that's, that's kind of like, hey, you do your thing. I'll do my thing. Don't leave me the fuck alone. Like, I don't care if a guy's selling heroin, but to sell it to my kids, we're going to have a problem. Is that, is that, it, it kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, cause I don't, if I don't know you're selling heroin, that means I don't, I don't know. Whatever I don't know won't hurt me. But when <laughs> I do know is when your kids is, got an addict, uh, become an addict, and then there's the different, that's a different thing. That's why I still believe there should be, there should be police. There's got to be yeah. police. You got to have some kind of regulation. Of, there's got to be some crazy. kind of social order because yeah. the, it's really funny because our governor, who's Republican, you know, we we're kind of a purple state right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. our governors, of, of, we call him, you know, Governor Douchey, um, because he he's kind of a douchebag. Like he he he's always really um, sort of um, defensive when he speaks to us. He handled the pandemic very poorly just in terms of how he acted. It was like how how he presented himself. And, you know, he didn't want to you know, talk to a lot of people and, and cause honestly he didn't know, but rather than saying, I just don't know, let me get back to you. Um, yeah. it's so squirrely and weird. And it's like, um, you know, how can you, how can you trust a government when the guy who's basically your age too, right? Isn't it weird to be the age of yeah, like yeah. politicians right now? Yeah, like, no, they were always was, old men. It was always baseball players were older. And when I became yeah. older than baseball players, that was tripped out. And now it's the government government officials. And you're just like, man, I know you were that twat at that party that no one fucking liked. And this is now you're taking it out on the fucking world. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what I think of. When I think it's Zuckerberg. He got beat up a lot in high school. And then he took over the damn world with Facebook. Now he's being a total douchebag. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> my friend and I were talking about a guy she's been talking to. And he was the first choice when I went into Facebook to look him up. And we both went the fucking eye. The eye is watching big time right now. Like that was. Yeah, he's he's owning the world right now. Did you ever hear the poem I wrote about Scuttlebutt podcast in the 100th episode? Uh, or, no, Morpheus. You gave to Morpheus. Oh my yeah. God. That was beautiful. By the <laughs> it way, it was like, I'm surprised you didn't get zucked by episode three or something like that. <laughs> Zuck, yeah. Those guys are freaking outlaws. You're talking about outlaws. Oh, and I, yeah. that's what I love about them. Same. Because, Same. you know, they're, I mean, there was a big age gap. They were probably born the year, year or two after we graduated high school. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the older ones. He I was think born he's, in 90, 96. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so weird, right? That's like, yeah. what the yeah. fuck? but yeah, that's why right. they don't show their face and, and they're, you know, I get but, it. but they say, they say such great stuff. They do. They and, do. um, you know, that's the thing, you know, about ageism, right. Is that we, we think like, oh, they're young, they're dumb. You know, you, you, yeah. you know, I like to think that our generation has a certain respect for young people because for some reason, like you said, we, we might've rebelled in our, in our youth. <clears throat> Um, but we, I don't know, like you think about the boomers and all the protests, the anti-war stuff, yeah. and yeah. then how they just sort of went like, I don't know, let's do cocaine and listen to fucking Billy Joel and like and do quaaludes, <laughs> right? <Do> quaaludes. <laughs> Very interesting shift from the ideals of the world. Like, I think they were yeah. the generation that came up with don't trust anyone over 30. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. You're damn but right. I, and I always think about when people put boomers down, I'm like, well, what is that really coming from? Because they were so punk rock in their youth, you know, and like, what, what was that shift? And I don't, the difference to me is I don't see, I don't see our generation selling out quote unquote as much. Like, no. I don't, I, I feel like we, we really kept that sort of glaring look at, you know, government politics, you know, right. social things like. And honestly, Trish, I didn't start getting into like really looking at that, that, let me see, alternative motives of people. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. Politicians until probably 10 years ago. I mean, it was, I was pretty late. Like oh, you were, okay. you were like a punk rocker at young age, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, against the, I blame uh, my machine. Friend for the drugs. <laughs> against, yeah, exactly. Rage against machine type type yeah. thing. Yeah. And your youth. Yeah. I just, cause I was so obedient mm -hmm. like because that's the way i was raised my dad was a firm but fair guy great dad never never did anything wrong as far as abuse goes but he he ruled with an iron fist mm -hmm. like like what he said went and i was very obedient because you know you have people are god-fearing mm -hmm. you know not that they're scared of god but they're god-fearing like that was my dad I was dad-fearing 
you know, I didn't want to disappoint him. And then I, I carried on for a long time and in, in, in a young adulthood. And then one day I remember it clicked. I was the E6 in the Navy, been in probably about 11 years. And somebody said something that pissed me off because I asked them a, a legit question. Look, mission driven question. And they gave me some freaking bullshit. It was a civilian, like a GS type, a government civilian. And I said, I didn't ask you for that shit. I asked you for a damn answer. So won't you just tell me the damn answer? You just hang the fucking phone up and I'll get it from somebody who can give it to me. Wow. And I, after that, never stopped. And then when I made chief, I was a totally different beast. You know, because that senior enlisted in the Navy. I was a freaking animal. And then senior chief, oh, I was, I was probably a little out of control. But it was never for bad. It was always for good. I always thought I was doing the right thing, even though I might not have been. But I thought You're I trying to search for the truth. Yeah, that's it. If I was passionate about something, stand by. Because I'm actually going to be a yes man. That pretty much. No, I respect the hell out of that. Because I think yeah. that, um, I think that's, it's important to have authenticity to yourself and what you believe in. But, but what I was going to ask you is, you know, as uh, someone so high up in the military and, and leading others, do you think that you were searching for the truth so that you could um, figure out how to best motivate those under you? Always, always. Uh, that was, but that's why I did it. I did. It. I was very unconventional. Like I, ha- I think I have, you talking about ADHD. I think I have ADHD because I can't sit in front of a computer because it drives me absolutely mad, mad. I mean, to a point of like craziness. And I will always walk around. But when you walk around, you always talk to people. So you always understand where people like what motivates them. Because if you if you ask the right questions, you find the answers. A hundred percent. And and that was always my way of getting people motivated. My big thing was I did what I had to do not to fail. That was my biggest fear was failing. I can't fail because if I fail, then I'm a loser, even though you're not. You're not. I know that now. And I knew that then. But I just cannot fail. Like Jamie had a Jamie used to say this about me because we have totally two different leadership styles. And Jamie's a great leader in her own, in her own right. She, she's more of the, I want to say passive. She gets stuff done in a different way than me. I, I used to be that guy and I've grown up since then. I used to be that guy. I got the mission got done, but there might be a wake of dead bodies, a body or dead bodies in my wake. Mm. Cause I was just so tunnel vision. Mm. It took me a few years to open, open my bandwidth out and get a little, get a little more vision on my peripherals because I was just like, I was laser focused. And I learned that a lot from Jamie. Jamie opened my eyes on that when I met her. Wow. Actually, she was she was younger than me, less pay grade, but I learned so much from her that it actually improved me in my in my uh, rank and in my military career, knowing her. I mean, that is such a testimony to both of you, you being open minded enough to listen to someone younger than you and her being open minded enough to to help you, Um, even if it was without words um, to be like, there's a different way. And, And I think that's like that's. That's so important. Like when we, when we see tunnel vision and we have that one track mind, mm-hmm. I mean, others are going to get hurt from that. And that's yeah. really, so sure. do you, do you think that you would have started a, uh, looks like you need a Morpheus minute. Shout out to Morpheus from Scuttlebutt podcast. Get, no, he's deployed right now. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I do um, need a Morpheus minute. You mind if I take a Morpheus minute? I don't because I need to close the blinds because the sun is right in my eyes. I see that. Yeah. Damn Arizona yeah. sun. <laughs> oh God. All right. Yeah. Get yourself that, uh, well, that top off hit. brother. I like it. I start talking a lot more when I'm, when I'm drinking. <laughs> Getting sauced up. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, I got my, my vodka seltzer here to, nice. to join with you. Okay. Yeah. So you're drinking a vodka? Yeah, I like I like vodka and seltzer because it's cheap. It is. I'm drinking this. I got this for my retirement party. Uh, Henry McKenna, freaking ten year bourbon. Wow. Good. Wow. Like it. It's really good, but it's hard to find. It's not super expensive, but it's just hard to find. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It's really lovely color. Oh, it's nice. We get where you can see there. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Woo! And you don't even have an ice cube in there. That's not drinking deep. <laughs> Hard and strong like my women. Oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, back to what I was going to say, like, do you think that, um, I don't know. So you started this podcast with your wife Yeah. and, um, and your podcast is just this wonderful um, space where all of these conversations can occur within the military, specifically the Navy. Um, not always, um, but just basically um, having like a place to really unpack some of the, the things that haunt people in the military. Um, do you, do you feel like you would have started something like this? Had it not been for your wife approaching you? Hell 
No. <laughs> Hell no. Oh my God. No. I'm such a damn X Jenner that wow, oh, I hate computers. First of all, I work on computers. That's my job. That right. was. And I hate computers because you can't live without them. Right. I hate them. So hell no. <laughs> yeah, we're the generation that uh, we can we can navigate computers and technology better than most. But at the same time, we really like to be disconnected from them. Like I, I know I, I dated a guy once who brought a laptop with us to go camping and I fucking lost. Oh, it. Fuck I, no. He's like, we can watch Netflix while we're in the tent. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Let's get drunk and sit by the fire. A hundred percent. Like, <laughs> right, you, right. The only entertainment we need is some alcohol or and each other and a fire and each other. Like, I'm not going to fucking watch fucking. I, I don't even know what like. I How the fuck think did he have Wi Fi out there for his well, laptop? He, he, da- he would download the movies. Oh, got it. Got it. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm just like, no, dude, that's not what we're fucking doing. Like, I'm, I'm so glad you asked about the E14 about how it got started a little bit uh, because I'm passionate about how I got started uh, because Jamie, first of all, COVID, even after like, okay, COVID for the Navy was different than COVID for everybody else. Cause we were locked down way after everybody else was kind of going on with their lives. You know, they were eating in restaurants. We still could not go to any establishment except for like, you know, the vet once in a while for your dog uh, for grocery stores and, and essentials. Right. So I'm, this is like a, talking about like a year. That that's that does a lot to your mind, your mental health, right? One hundred percent. And I was turning on the news and getting pissed off. I was turning on everything and just getting pissed off. And Jamie, Jamie, and I already, Jamie has a lot of like um, experience with online kind of podcasty things. She had the Savage Squad with her recruiter friends, and I love watching. I'd, I'd sit on the back porch and look at on my cell phone, so I wouldn't like being there, you know, double feed with the audio, and I'd be on the back porch smoking a cigar listen to it and loving every second of it. Like every time she got on the mic, I would just wait for that. It was like, I was watching like my favorite, you know, movie star or something, you know, Aww, so loved I love it. That. I loved it. And I was like, they start talking. I, said, I could do that. I'm good with people. I can talk to people. I've always been able to have that knack. You know, we're from the South. I'm from the South. I can always strike up a conversation, but I never acted on it. I said, I always thought I could, but I never acted on it. And then Jamie during the heat, this, this, the height of freaking COVID stuck in a damn house, and she goes, you want to start a podcast? And I was like, yeah, I do. That sounds like a good idea. And I didn't have to fight, I didn't fight her on it. I was super, I needed something to do. Yeah. And we started just on Facebook Live, StreamYard or whatever. And then we moved up to, we dropped our first episode January 17th, 2020, 21, I'm sorry. And uh, yeah, ever since. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like it, I like it more than she does. Now. <laughs> I'm like, babe, we got to get up and do it. I'm tired. I don't give a fuck. Let's go up there and do this podcast. Oh, right. it's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, your wife and I were talking about how it's, it's re, um, recreating or, or rejuvenating the art of the conversation. It like does. I've never met you before. Um, I feel like I kind of know you though. Cause I've been listening to your podcast and yeah, I, I'm you know, yours. And, I, already and, knew, I already knew you were in New York in September 11th. I already knew that. I heard it on all your episodes. Right, right. Talk about yeah. it quite a bit. And that's yeah. so neat to be able to then join up and then just be able to shoot the shit and 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 have conversations and like and know that like I would never meet you in my normal everyday life. And like right. the beauty of podcasting is I'm just talking about getting out into other places. Like I have yeah. no business in a, in a lot of ways listening to Navy podcasts but I fucking love your podcast. I Thank love you. the scuttlebutt podcast. Thank you. And, um, and I really love what you guys are doing. You're bringing awareness and compassion to the world. And I feel like that is just something that's so lacking. So it's really, it's really funny, right? We're the generation that doesn't really give a fuck, but at the same but time, we, we're yeah. so fucking tired of people not yeah. giving a fuck. <laughs> yes, that's it. I'm so tired of it. Like I, and I lock it. I walk when I was in the Navy and I was still like a E8 senior chief and I'd walk in and see just not caring. I used to, I said, one thing I can never teach you is giving a fuck. I can never teach that. If you don't have it, there's nothing I can do. If you have it, we can work. If we don't give a fuck. There's nothing I can do about it. And, and uh, that's that. But it's the most thing that freaking pisses me off when people just don't care. Like, wait, what, what, you know? Oh. Yeah. Apathy oh, is such a disease. And, yeah. um, and I, I had it for a little bit of time. Um, when I first moved to France as a student um, in, in 98, 99, I remember I, I made friends with this kid from Wales 
and we'd get high all the time in his, yeah. in his dorm room and just a super brother sister kind of friendship. Yeah. My favorite right. kind with males, like never was anything like creepy the or romantic sexual. or not like that. Not yeah. at all. He was in love with some girl in Oklahoma who he's now married to and has a lovely oh, wow. child you. with. And like, um, but I remember, you know, he said to me once, like, you Americans are so weird. Like you, you, you guys created the protest and now you guys just sit back and just don't give a fuck. And that really resonated with me. And to the point where I went back home, because I mean, when I was living in the South of France during this time, like everyone goes on strike around this time. They year. always go on strike. Everybody does. Right. It, so Italy like, was the same way. Right. And, and like yeah. the post office, the ambulance, like I've got a picture of a fire truck that says on grève, which is on strike in French. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, yeah. students protesting. My university was shut down for a month. Like um, just the passion that they yeah. had, like they stacked chairs up in the you know classroom so no one could come in. And I went back to the States and I was like, I was the girl who brought um, voter registration cards to parties. Damn. I was that chick. Like uh, that really resonated with me. I was like, let's yeah. give a fuck. Let's fucking right. give a fuck. Rock the vote, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny because we we continue to have this two-party system in which, you know, you only get a little bit of what you really think you're voting for. And oh, you realize yeah. the fucking wake of disaster of having, you know that party in office and you're just like, fuck, I just want to be paid well as a teacher. I want yeah. kids to have good education. I want people to be able to afford to fucking reset their arm when they break it. Like, yeah. I don't understand why, you know, simple things are such a huge I don't even understand why it's politicized to be vaccinated or wear a mask or not. I don't understand why people are getting pushed in streets and right. because they're Asian. I don't I don't Isn't fucking that crazy. Isn't that crazy? Fucking they're Asian Americans. They are from America. They didn't Get start the to fuck out of here with your violence. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's just rednecks being fucking rednecks. When I say rednecks, I don't mean like my people. I'm talking about evil, evil, jacked up, misinformed people. And what I want to say, like, like it sounds like Trish, you and I are probably different of the spectrum of uh, beliefs or whatever, but we come together here. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a lot of friends, Beer in Front. I don't know if you ever heard that podcast, Dave, Dave from the Beer in Front. He's a liberal, but I love that guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I got tired of, turn on the news. It's almost like they're trying to put us against each other. Well, when you divide, you conquer. Exactly. So no, no, I've always said that. Right. And it's the same thing with ageism. So when you yeah. hit uh, generations against one another, when when actually when we peel back the layers, we all yeah. want the f- same fucking thing. We yeah. want to be comfortable and safe. In and our own happy. skin. And yep. Just want to yeah. do just want to live the American dream. That's all we want to do. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And um, so man, I thought maybe we'd have fun talking, yeah. but you're honestly just so, so much better than I could even imagine. Thank you. Appreciate it. I've had like, a good time. I really, really appreciate you. No, I um, love this. I want to give you an opportunity now to, um, you know, tell the listeners where they can find your podcast, um, where they can find you guys online and, and just, uh, just go ahead. And, uh, this is your time to talk right. about your podcast. So, uh, I'm Heath. I'm the worst half of E14 podcast, The Sailor's Voice. Uh, my wife, Jamie, and I do this podcast together coming up on a year almost. And you can find us at, at E14 podcast, one word, on Twitter, at E14 podcast, one word, on Instagram. Our email is uh, E14podcast at gmail.com and E-14 podcast at uh, on Facebook. But if you want to find us on, we're everywhere you can find podcasts. So, Apple uh, podcast E hyphen one four podcast or Spotify or anywhere you want to get your podcast. Look for that. You'll find us. And I've, I said this in Jamie's episode, I'm going to say it here. Um, please listen, even if you're a civilian, you have no ties to the military because it's such a wonderful um, look at a, a group of humans that exist in our country and, and, and how they're approaching life and the, and the, and the trials and tribulations of, of signing up for something that you may or may not have a fucking clue about at 18 years old or older. Let's talk about some about that, about being in the military. All the military is, is a snapshot of the civilians mm-hmm. in the country. 
We are a snapshot of you. So there's something always that you can relate to our podcast. You can take our, from our podcast and relate it to your personal life because we're you guys. We're just a smaller, like a less of a percentage of the country. So, yeah. yeah. And, and on tr- well your, po- your podcast, Trish, your podcast is super positive too. Thank you. I, I know you got it down deep. You're pissed off about these millennials taking over your, taking over us and stuff. And that's why you join. I know. I know, but we just don't want to be silent anymore. Like we have fucking thoughts too. And and by yes. the way, what you're saying and doing is not new. Like generations of right. humans have been fighting the power and trying to make this a better world. It's just that we're evolving at a, at a, at a rate that may seem really slow, but if it wasn't for our fucking great grandparents fighting for the five day work day, yeah, right. that's we solid generation be here. No, I'm talking, I'm talking about the greatest generation before the silent generation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great, yeah, yeah. great okay. grandparents. Yeah. And the yeah. silent generation fucking doing the civil rights movement and then and world war two and world war two. I mean, there's not, yeah. I, I think when it's like we said, like stop letting them divide and conquer us. Like there's a bigger, yeah. there's a bigger thing to do. And, and like, yeah, go check out their podcast guys. Thanks, All right. Rich. Appreciate that. Yeah. Heck Yeah. Heath, um, it's time for the rapid fire session. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you ready? I'm I'm always ready, Trish. Here we go. Here we go. What's your favorite memory from childhood? Lined up my mom and dad and taking Easter pictures in our with our Easter baskets. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Um, what is your favorite 80s band or musician? 80s band. I'm stuck between ACDC, Violent Films. Yeah, those are. Just, I love the Violent Films. I love ACDC. Oh my God, I had Mister the Sun. You know what I'm saying? I had a Mr. tape, a cassette tape that had Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine, and Violent. Yeah, I love Femmes. that one too. Uh, they're they're like best of album with the little girl yeah. on the cover. Mm-hmm. I had that on a on a tape that I would listen to driving back and forth from Joshua Tree to Bullhead City, and in and as a as a high school kid, it was my wow. favorite. What about your favorite '80s movie? First Peter's Day Off. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. So did you go to college? Uh, for a year. I, I found out that alcohol and chicks are more fun. <laughs> so <laughs> why, why did you go to college? Cause I was respecting I paid for my own college, by the way. And I never asked my parents for money. Like I remember real quick, I know you're probably getting ready to wrap up, but I remember like, uh, it's in the Navy. I wrapped, I wrapped up a high heavy phone bill for some reason. And I asked my mom for $350. She sent it to me, but I figured it out before I got the money. So I sent it back to her. Hated. So I paid for my own college. Wow. Because it was expected. Go yeah. to college, but I was burnt out. And I did good in school. I didn't do bad. I just got tired of it. Hey, you, you, you left early. I stayed in for seven years because I liked all the things that weren't in the classroom. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. I liked all my classes too, but yeah, yeah. let's be honest, the rave, the rave scene was starting up. Rave so scene. I spent time <laughs> really in Chicago. Time. I spent time in Chicago. Oh, That's like the yeah. start of the rave scene. Oh yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I had a friend from Chicago that was a house DJ. Yeah. That, the, oh, oh man. Yeah. All right. So now this one, Keith, you, you've got plenty of, uh, of, of bourbon in you now. Okay. Uh, so this last one, you can take as much time as you need. The question is, if you could give advice to anyone in any generation to get through the good times or the bad times, what would that be? That's a good question, Trish. Trish, why I call you Trish the dish. Uh, (laughs) There's something to be said by you, by the struggle. The struggle is real, but the struggle makes you better. So the struggle is not necessarily a bad thing. We all need to go through it to become better adults, better uh, parents, and better leaders. So go through the struggle, learn from it. And do your best to do it on your own. That's it, I guess. Man, I absolutely love that. I love that. You're not Thanks. alone. You're not alone, Thank folks. You. Wow. Heath, I was saying this to, to Jamie, but now that I got you separately, I would love to have you guys back on together to talk oh, about thank you. mixed yeah. generation marriages and both of you have been. So is she mixed in? Is she mixed in in your, in your professional opinion? She's, she's a zennial in my opinion. That's like, that's like, uh, like riding the fence, right? That's, that's us too, in a sense. So we are, we are that sort of mid seventies to sort of almost mid eighties group of kids. We, 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 we played outside, but we also had computers in our school and elementary school. 
So yeah. we're not. No, I didn't have school. Uh, I'm from bumfuck Egypt. Remember? Oh, that. okay. So you, you okay? Might be 100% I remember taking a computer science <laughs> class when I was a junior. This was like in the mid nineties. Well, like still, but still, th- not a lot of our uh, folks in, well, the, yeah, in the older but, Gen X even had computers maybe, in high school. But maybe they're fucked up and close to band members, and we're maybe we're right. <laughs> I'm a half full guy. I'm a half full guy. So I think they're fucked up and we're good. Oh my gosh. If y'all want more of that kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think they're fucked up and we're good. No, honestly, okay. I just, I cannot thank you enough for. No, I love it, Trish. Thank you. This has been like a blast. And I, I was, I was nervous about it because I don't know what to expect from, I've listened to you and I figured it'd be cool, but you never know, you know, I, was, I had a good time. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be an army.